1: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision.
0: When the cost of living is on the rise, we're often drawn by curiosity to see how others are doing, perhaps in their weekly pay packet. Well, there's some new research that shows how Australia's income and wealth is distributed across different age groups. We're checking in today with social researcher Jeff Braley from McCrindle Research. Jeff, a special welcome back to 2020.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Great to be with you.
0: Uh, Jeff, not just about, you know, who's making more than who, but there's a deeper, bigger picture when you start to talk about wealth distribution. What's your overall impression of what we're seeing now in Australia?
1: Yeah, it's a fascinating story, Australia's sort of wealth narrative... I really think stands out is that it's a principle that wealth will grow over time and when you add it up little by little and save up little by little or invest and see those returns come in that's what we expect and that's certainly true that the older generations have greater wealth than the younger generations but it's a pretty encouraging story for young generations when it comes to the household income so it's not a a devastating story while there are very sort of stark challenges with cost of living, our younger generations are earning, on uh, average, the average household annual income is 128000 for those aged 25 to 34. So it sounds like a pretty decent number, but it's those challenges of cost of living, cost of housing, the commute, transport costs that are, I guess, really making that not quite stretch as far as it maybe felt like it, uh, it should have for being a six-figure household income.
0: And what does it mean that we are living longer these days and working until we are older? Uh, What's that saying about us as a nation?
1: Yeah, with the introduction of super uh, over three decades ago now, we've seen that Australian older generations like the baby boomers have been able to build up a fairly strong uh, average net household wealth. And so when your assets uh, take away uh, any debts that uh, people might have, the uh, older baby boomers aged 65 to 74 now have over 1.6 million on average as their net wealth and so that's been good to see through the last three decades of positive uh, economic conditions and while we've had a few challenges in the last few years, I think those older generations in Australia have saved Hard, they've worked hard and hopefully now they can enjoy and, and spend and enjoy that uh, money that's been built up over time. And that's certainly an encouraging thing. And just to give some context, the youngest generation, those 25 to 34-year-olds, have just 353000 as their net wealth. So it's less than a fifth of what that older generation have. And I think that's where, during some uncertain times, younger generations have probably been more anxious and had some more challenges with financial stability compared to older generations who've worked hard, who've been through some uh, good times economically, but have been raised probably with some very frugal uh, parents, if you think through to those builder generations that were raised in that uh, World War II period with rations and know how to live quite uh, frugally and raise children in that environment. So builders, uh, I think, certainly were very resourceful and resilient and baby boomers, the children of the builders now have lived frugally and hopefully can enjoy in their later years after retiring or even during that uh, entry into retirement, enjoy spending down that uh, well-saved super and all those assets that they've worked hard to uh, nurture and build over time.
0: Jeff, all very well to say the numbers look good. Uh, They even look healthy in some respects, but with higher wealth... And with higher income levels, perhaps than ever before, are we any better off? Because you did begin to say that, you know, our dollar doesn't have the same sort of buying power as it did in perhaps earlier times. So are we any better off, even though the numbers look more healthy?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think Australia, as a land of the fair go and a sort of a land that looks for an egalitarian approach, we want to see a, a place where, whether it's new migrants or people who've lived here for many generations or even our First Nations people, we want uh, equality in our land. And yet, when we see the data, when it comes to, for example, net wealth, the, the, those in the lowest 20% of Australia's private wealth own just 1% of Australia's private wealth compared to the top 20% who own 63% of Australia's private wealth. And so while it might seem like a land of the fair go and sound pretty nice when you look at the generational analysis, it's pretty stark that Australia's population does have people who are doing it really uh, I guess they're living with very little financial margin and very few savings so it's a pretty challenging uh, time I think for Australia as we are living with inflation and rising cost of living our spending power going uh, less in terms of if you spend $40 at the petrol pump $40 doesn't get you what it used to a few decades ago at the uh, petrol pump that used to fill a petrol tank, and now we certainly know that $40 won't uh, get you very much at all. So pretty challenging times when it comes to the wealth and the income disparity in Australia and in places like the Northern Territory, that wealth is the, the smallest out of all the states, whereas it's the largest in Victoria. So even by state, we can see that there are some more challenging uh, times for certain, t- certain geographies in Australia. <laughs>
0: Oftentimes we'll draw attention to the gap between rich and poor and it seems to be that healthy societies have a smaller gap. Are we seeing that gap between rich and poor actually getting bigger and bigger each year?
1: Yeah, unfortunately that's the case. It's a growing group of the haves and the have-nots in Australia and even, I've heard the phrase, it's the the houses and the house-nots with house price increases being great for homeowners but pretty distressing for people who are locked out or trapped out of the market at the moment and so that disparity is growing year by year with income disparity as well as that wealth disparity growing between the lowest 20% and the highest 20%. So the highest 20% in Australia when it comes to net wealth have over $3.2 million. And so I think in a, a sense there is a an opportunity for our high uh, net wealth people and households to have a a mindset and an outlook that looks to ways to support locally. And when we've uh, just completed a recent giving study in Australia, Australians do love to give in their own backyard. We do love to look after the vulnerable people in our local community, in our own national kind of narrative. And so that's, I think, an opportunity for people who've worked hard, had those uh, favoured uh, opportunities with wealth and now have an opportunity to give back to their local community as well.
0: What about the way we might compare generations here? Because uh, the thought that, you know, our parents, when they were our age, how were they doing? And how are we doing in comparison? So uh, are we better or worse off than our parents were? Yeah, that's a a
1: great question. I think the baby boomer generation probably is a, a key place to start Have as I said, been raised through some pretty challenging times in that early stages of their life in uh, Australia's history in the 1950s and 60s. Things were uh, in recovery from World War II and so it was not an easy time and yet through those most recent three decades, baby boomers have seen good economic times. And I think in comparison, a younger Gen Y, millennial or older Gen Z audience the kids of those baby boomers have probably felt like it's not as fair. It's harder for me today to purchase the home or uh, find that stable, secure job. And so I think there is a bit of a disadvantage to today's younger generation. However, there are some positives on their side as well with greater technology, stronger dig- digital literacy, the ability to start, whether it's the online sort of side hustle or a, a, an entrepreneurial initiative. So there are opportunities for a younger generation to take advantage of their strengths, to find that extra income and one in three younger generation uh, Australians will have that side hustle to help with those cost of living uh, challenges that they face so they're learning that strong work ethic that their parents would have demonstrated and I think that's a positive for our younger generations and certainly for Gen Z, financial independence and owning their own home is one of their top life goals so for the youngest generation in today's workforce, those Gen Zs, they've got that outlook from the beginning of, I want to get a good financial footing in life. So they're making some of those uh, decisions that probably the Gen Ys with their smashed avocado, a bit of uh, love for cafe lifestyle have probably copped a bit of flack. I think the next generation are a little bit savvier financially and looking to set themselves up well for a long career, as well as plenty of lifestyle moments along the way with the desire to travel with the desire to gather those uh, lifestyle experiences and have those subscription off- offerings that uh, we know that uh, it's over two or three subscriptions for those younger generations for streaming platforms uh, compared to one or two for the older generation. So there's a bit of a advantage to being uh, older in some ways, as well as there are some advantages being in the young generation today with technology uh, and digital literacy, one of their key strengths.
0: Something I don't think is in your latest study, but reflecting back on, I think, an earlier conversation we might have had, Jeff, the thought that baby boomers are growing older... And uh, many of those are dying and they're leaving an inheritance to the next generation. Uh, There is something very significant there because there's an awful lot of baby boomers at the top end of the age spectrum and there'll be an awful lot of money changing hands to the next generation. Any thoughts there on on what might happen with the current research figures and how those might look even in the next 10 years?
1: Yeah, that's right. The next decade will see a really um, incredible Uh, trillion dollar intergenerational wealth transfer as older builders and baby boomers sadly do pass on but leave a legacy beyond their life to the next generation and there is more than just financial uh, transfer that happens generationally but that financial transfer will be quite significant and a a real step up maybe it's for a a Gen Y family that or, or a Gen X family in those key working years feeling that large debt that they might be carrying, whether that's household debt or the consumer debt that Australians love to have, debt up to their eyeballs, whether it's from car debt, credit card debt, student loans that they might have, uh, those help debt, uh, it's what it's called for student loans in Australia. And certainly I think those uh, little generational wealth transfer moments will be a real breath of fresh air. Now, it does come with the sad loss of life. And so I think it's one of those interesting things in Australia where generational wealth is quite trapped in our assets with our houses. And so that, I guess, opportunity to look at ways to release uh, assets and maybe it's incentivising older generations into different housing to free up that asset and start to pass on some of that transfer of wealth earlier to encourage younger generations along is an opportunity. And I think often... uh, Sadly, it's at the end of life where that wealth transfer happens and and naturally we want to make sure our older generations have more than enough to look after themselves into an era where we're living longer and we're living into our 80s now on average in Australia. That life expectancy at birth for today's uh, babies is over 80 for men and up to 85 for women. So we are living longer with the health and science advantages we have in today's society.
0: It's always fascinating when we look at all these different uh, generations and uh, for this sort of conversation we're having today, Jeff, um, it's not always easy to wade through a lengthy word report, but you do some pretty amazing things with some infographics. How can listeners get a bit of a closer insight with some infographics? Uh, They simply go to your website at mccrendle.com.au.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. On the mccrindle.com website, we've got a section called Resources, and there's a number of free infographics on our website. We love bringing data to life, so thanks for uh, sharing that website. And those infographics that we've talked about today are the Wealth and Income infographic, which shows Australia's wealth with some great tables and charts and some little icons representing the generations and all the numbers that people need to know, whether it's for their own, saving journey or financial planning for the future it's a bit of a keeping up with the joneses uh sort of story where people want to look and see how am i going compared to my generation or the generations ahead of me or after me and so it's a great one for people to look up and uh, see how they're traveling but also see the opportunity and uh, how they can contribute to the uh, australian uh, way of life and making sure we do have a fair go and a a fair place for our new migrants as well as our oldest and first nations people uh, here in australia
0: well, this sort of detail is always fascinating and so you could take advantage of checking out those infographics at mccrindle.com.au. You'll be able to navigate to where you can find those as we're talking about income and wealth by generation and Australia's income and wealth distribution at mccrindle.com.au and social researcher Jeff Braley. Thanks so much for taking some time to share these thoughts with listeners today on 2020